said because he was a murderer from the beginning and did not abide in the truth. And he said he is a liar and the father of it. So we have his mindset, stealing, killing, and destroying. We have his nature, murder, and lies. Right? And I told you Wednesday night, you would not trust anybody that you knew was a murderer and a liar. The devil will never not, the devil will never just leave you alone. People think, well, if I, if, I don't, if I don't do too much, he'll just leave me alone. No, he won't because he hates people. He doesn't just hate Christians. He hates people. He destroys people's lives every day that are living for him, that are living their life in sin. He destroys their life. He destroys their marriages. He destroys their families. He takes their life. He takes their health. There's a reason that we've been given authority over all the authority of the enemy because we're different. We're separate. We're set apart. We are children of the Most High God. We are those that have been endued with power to trample on all the works of the enemy and nothing will hurt us. Nothing. Amen. We deny him that access. You're not coming in here. You're not doing that in my house. You're not operating that in my life. Right? Amen. That's why the Bible says we see hints of this in the book of Psalm, especially Psalm 91. It says that a thousand will fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. He might get a thousand over here and ten thousand over here, but you can't get me because I'm bought with the blood. I'm sanctified. I'm set apart. I'm operating in my authority. And you can't do it. Amen. It's 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 so it's so interesting in Exodus when God told Moses to tell them to put the blood on the on the top of the door and the side post. That God said this. He said in one passage, he said, because the destroyer will pass through the land. Is that what he said? And he said, and where the blood is seen, they'll pass over. What, what, they didn't have authority in themselves. They weren't born again. But the blood still had authority. Because the blood, Jesus, oh my God, Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And the fact that it was the blood of a natural lamb was spiritually significant because it was the blood in the spirit form of the lamb, Jesus, that had already been shed since the foundation of the world. And even under the old covenant where the destroyer saw the blood, he had to pass over. Amen. And if he had to pass over because of natural blood put on the house of natural people, how much more does he have to leave you alone when you are the house of God? You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You deny him that access. You are not going to do that here. Amen. 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 That's what we've been saying from the beginning. 
from the beginning when the world started going through this. We're not losing our jobs. We're not losing our finances. We're not losing our health. We're not losing our families. Why? Because we have authority over that. I don't care if it's COVID 299. We have authority over it and we are not going to be a part of it. We're not just going to roll over and act like we don't have an option. You have no access to us. I believe God. Amen. Look at James 4. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. 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 Not coming in here. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, I can remember my mother stood five foot nothing, still does. Amen. (laughs) Right. And one of the kids would start talking back in the house, and my mother would look at them and say, I don't know who you think you are. You are not going to talk to me that way. Right? And after a few years, it was like, you're not going to talk to me that way. But now, 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 yes, that's your mother, that's your parent, but there's an authority that comes with those words because you know she means what she said. If my mother said, I'll box your jaws, just, just don't just stop. Repent, get on your knees, just repent right then or the jaw boxing is coming. Amen. I learned early on, she will exercise her authority. And it was whatever was at hand. Fly swat, shoe, stick, whatever was there. Like I said, she stood about this tall. She knew how to grab a hold of an equalizer real quick. Amen. I told her one time, and and I'm I'm almost ashamed to say this, but I told her one time, you know, this is back when kids were calling the the law on their parents for, for spanking them. And my mother said, uh, she told, I think I was in the eighth grade, maybe seventh grade. And, and she said, I'll, I'll whoop you for that. And I said, yeah, and, I, and I'll call the sheriff. My mother got right a hold of me. And she said, if you call them and they come lock me up, you better hope I never get out. Because if I do, I'll kill you. That's what she told me. That just took all the wind out of my sails. That was authority speaking. Amen. No, I deny you access. You're not going to come and talk. You don't even let the devil talk that mess in your house. When he starts saying things, you stop that. Because it's how he gets access to people's lives. Is he keeps talking and he keeps talking and he keeps talking. You got to shut the mouth of the adversary. The Bible says that the word of God is powerful and this means that it silences the mouth of the adversary. It silences the lip of the lie. The enemy can do nothing but lie. He lies and lies and lies and the lie undermines your authority. But the more you speak the truth, the more your authority grows and the stronger your authority grows and the more the lie has to leave. 
Thank you, Jesus. James 4 and 7. <clears throat> Notice, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now notice the, the process. Submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee. Now we're going to talk more about fleeing and whatnot in, in, in future sermons, but I want you to see this. Notice that process, the first step. Submit myself to God. That word submit means to obey or to be subject. But here's something that's so important to me. It was a Greek military term that meant to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. To arrange military troop under the command of a leader. In a non-military use, it was a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. I'll say that to you one more time. An attitude, a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. What stuck out to me through the Holy Spirit in that, in that definition was assuming a responsibility. Submitting to God means submitting to His Word. Someone can say, I submit to God, but if they don't submit to His Word, they are not submitted to God because God and His Word are one. Is that right? Amen. Submitting to the Word is acting like what the Word says about you as a believer is true. That's submitting to the Word. Brother Hagin said, the only way we can have confidence in our authority is to know and walk in the light of the written Word of God. That's the only way. Hallelujah. Submission is not only being under command, it's cooperating and assuming the responsibility I have been given. So as a believer, I have a responsibility as someone who is submitted to the Word to what? Walk in my authority. I have a responsibility because I'm submitted to the Word. When I understand that no one in my life after a certain period of time can do anything about the devil for me, I've got to exercise my authority. No one can do anything about moving the mountains in my life for me. I've got to exercise my authority. Mark 11, 22 through 24 are as much about authority as they are about faith. Jesus said you got to have faith that what you say is going to come to pass. When you speak to the mountain in your authority, the faith you have in the word you know will move that mountain out of your way. Hallelujah. So that mountain's moving. Why? Because you said so. Amen. How do you know money's coming to you? Because you said. Right? Is money a work of God's hands? He said in the book of Isaiah, he said, concerning my sons and my daughters, command ye me concerning the works of my hands. And so when you declare my, I'm out of debt, my needs are met, I got plenty more to put in store, your authority goes into operation, debt freedom starts coming into your life, victory starts showing up. Why? Because you said it. 
I've submitted myself to the Word. I have a responsibility to do that. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I have a responsibility to walk in my authority. Amen. And I, Lord, I'll say it just that way. And quit patty-caking with the devil. Don't you put up with them feelings in your home. I just, I just, there's demons. You, what, you mean you know there's demons in your home and you're doing nothing about it? Rise up and get rid of them. Why? That's your, that's your authority. That's your responsibility. Amen. Wherever you show up, the rule of the kingdom has shown up. The ambassador of the kingdom has arrived. And the ambassador of the kingdom does not show up without the secret service and without the authority to operate in when he's there or when she's there. When you walk into a room, there's, there's, there's two elements that know immediately that a kingdom rep is there. Number one, heaven. All of heaven comes to attention when you walk into a situation. Secondly, every demon in hell, or as we say, every wicked spirit realizes there is a kingdom influence in this place. Amen. But which one of those sides wins is up to me. I submit myself to the word. Amen. Look at Luke 10. Hallelujah. Don't, don't put up with it. Just don't put up with it. <laughs> Luke 10 and verse uh, 17. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And he said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the word is authority of the enemy, and nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. Now, you can't separate the word nothing from the word power of the enemy. Because that's the word authority. We talked about that in, what did we do, 21 something? I forget. The power of the enemy and nothing, nothing of the power of the enemy will hurt you. Is that what Jesus said? Submit yourself to that. That's my, that's my, that's my, Certificate of authority. Jesus said, nothing of the enemy will harm me. Nothing. <laughs> Amen? And he said, verse 20, notwithstanding in this rejoice not. Now, why not? Because you don't get all giddy because someone at your job who is under your authority did what you asked them to do they have a position and you have a position they are supposed to submit and do what we tell them to do now I know in the culture we have you don't tell people what to do anymore you have to ask and couch it 
well, but right? But here's the point. He said, don't rejoice because the devil did what you told him. Here's what you rejoice in. Your names are written in heaven. Now, why is this important? Because he tells us three things here. Satan has been defeated. I saw him fall from heaven. Now, there are different modern theologians and whatnot that says, you know, Jesus saw this in a, in a symbol, in the fact that they had cast out devils, and he saw a vision. No, 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 no. Jesus literally, physically saw Satan cast out of heaven. All right? Why is that important? Look at, at, at Revelation 12. Revelation 12, uh, verse 4. Now remember that Revelation, one key to understanding the book of Revelation is to understand that it talks of of things that were, things that are, and things that will be. It talks of past, present, and future events. And right here he says, he's talking about the devil. The the Bible calls him here uh, 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 the dragon, great red dragon. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven. And did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Well, who's the woman and who's the child? The woman is Israel, the child is Jesus. All right? And, 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 and uh, all throughout the Bible, Israel is referred to as a woman. All right? You won't find the church referred to as a woman, but you will find Israel referred to as a woman. Now, here's the point I'm reading this for. Notice. And she brought forth a man-child, Jesus, who is to rule all nations with the rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Did that happen? Did that happen? So he's talking about a past event, right? And notice, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. A thousand two hundred and three score days is three and one half years. That's the extent of the great tribulation period. Three and one half years. God protects and cares for Israel all through the three and one half years of the tribulation period. And there was war in heaven. Now see, the reason why Revelation confuses some people is they, they, they try to read it in chronological order and you can't. He's bouncing around here and he says, going back to the, to the past. See, verse 6 is future. Verse 7 is past, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old ancient serpent called the devil and Satan, that deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Which accused, not accuses, accused them before our God day and night. Now, now, now why is this important? This is what Jesus saw. He saw Satan cast down like lightning. Amen. Satan has been cast down. He has no place nor any access to heaven. Now, why is that vital to our authority? Because you hear a lot of teaching going around. They teach about the courtroom of heaven. You know, and how there's an argument going on in heaven. 
You know, that the enemy's bringing accusations against you and that you have your, your uh, attorney there, Jesus, and the devil's arguing. That's impossible. Yeah, but I read the book. Don't care what book you read. I read this book. Listen, the Bible says that when Jesus shed his blood, when Adam sinned, am I helping you all with this? Adam's transgression reached all the way to heaven. All right? And the Bible says that when Jesus, read the book of Hebrews, when Jesus died and shed his blood, that with his blood, the heavenly utensils of worship were cleansed. With his blood. Right? The Bible says that in Isaiah 54, we read this scripture all the time, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue, every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith God. God says, I won't even listen to an accusation against you. So you're going to tell me the devil can walk into heaven and present a case against Pastor Michelle? No, because there's no case to present. Any case he could present died when the old her died. God doesn't remember it anymore. Now why is that important? It's vital to your authority. There, there's, no, there's no power struggle going on in heaven. Satan does not have access to heaven. He is, he is earthbound just like you are. He is locked in time just like you are. He has no option. He has been cast down to the earth. Are you following me? The devil has a problem with you here. Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and he has given it to the children of men. So when Jesus died on the cross, he not only saved us and redeemed us, he restored us back to the original position of authority that we were given in the beginning as not just stewards over this earth, but owners over this earth and those that are in rightful authority. And that's why when you get a group of believers praying over a city and praying over a nation, everything changes. Everything changes because those in authority are now operating it. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see this? That's vital to our authority. And I might as well just say this while I'm there. There are other things that are vital to your authority. When you got born again and you were baptized into Christ, you received your inheritance. There's no physical baptism that you can go through that baptizes you into your inheritance. And there's teaching going around by, I'm sure, good people where they're having baptismal services and we're baptizing folks into their inheritance. You're diminishing people's authority. When you got born again, you were baptized into Christ and you received your inheritance. Amen. It undermines your authority. So Satan has been defeated. Tells us three things. Satan's defeated. Number two, we've been given authority to keep him in that defeated position. 
Number three, this authority is part of our redemptive rights that began when we were born again. So he says, don't rejoice over the fact that you can exercise authority. Rejoice over the fact of what caused you to have that authority. I'm born again. Amen? Exercising the authority we have is more than just simply rejoicing because we, re we have it. A lot of people rejoice over their authority, but they never exercise it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice back in Luke 10 and 21. This blessed me when I saw this. Because uh, Jesus got excited about something. Reckon what it would have been like to see Jesus shout. I bet he shout. I bet he was a shouter. Amen. Amen. Uh, Luke 10 and 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in your sight. Now, one translation says, Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy, exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth, and you've hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud and revealed it to those that are humble. Jesus was overflowing with joy over the fact that they got the revelation that they have authority. Amen. The Woosh Bible says, I've given you the authority to advance by setting foot on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will in any case harm you. Nevertheless, in this do not continue to rejoice. Namely, because the spirits, notice, marshal themselves in subjection under your orders. They do what? They marshal themselves in subjection under our orders. See, we've heard things over the years. And I'm not saying everybody has lost it, but sometimes we hear it so much and we say, you know, well, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession, resting there until His enemies be made His footstool. Who's in charge of making His enemies His footstool? Us. You will marshal yourself under the name of Jesus in my life and you will submit yourself to the authority that I possess in the name of Jesus. I'm not asking. I'm telling you, get yourself under the feet of Jesus. Amen. Do you see this? And he said, your names have been written in heaven and are on permanent record there. That's the source of our authority. My name is written in heaven. It's on permanent record there. Now here's something that I thought about. So when the enemy's advancing on believers, now this is just a thought. I'm not preaching it for Scripture. Do you think there's ever a time that the Father looks and says, isn't their name written? Why are they letting the enemy advance over them like that? Now again, I'm not preaching that for doctrine. I'm just saying it makes sense to me. Notice something. 
He said they will marshal themselves in subjection under your orders. Now you see why that old religious doctrine, well, I'm nothing. I don't have any power of my, in myself. Why that's so dangerous? He said they'll marshal themselves under your orders. Listen, if I came and gave you something, whose authority is it now? My authority. I know it's through the name of Jesus and by the gift of God, but whose is it? It's my authority. Right? Is that right? And, and that's why nothing will ever be accomplished when somebody prays this way. Well, you know, in the power that's in the name of Jesus. That sounds good. But that power in the name, that authority has been invested in you. That's why scripture says he has given us the name. The name is the authority. The name is the power. And when you say in the name of Jesus, something happens. I'm going to show you in just a minute. The enemy can't help himself. He starts packing up, getting ready to go. Why? Because I got to go. They're using that name. I got to go. <laughs> oh, glory. Notice he didn't give us authority to hold the fort. He gave us authority to advance. Well, we're just going to hold on. Right? We got to hold on. When the enemy comes in, you just hold on. Hold on. No. He said, I give you authority to advance. Right? Look, I don't, I don't have any other illustrations. I grew up in a black church. What, what do you expect? My pastor told me one time, we thought you was with the FBI for six months. You're the only white person in the church. <laughs> you, you can call him. Edward Morton, Deeper Life Christian Ministries, Grandview, Missouri. So I, I don't have any other examples. Not making fun, it's just that's how I was raised. Amen. But not authority to hold the fort. The easiest thing to do when pressure comes, close the windows, lock the doors, hold on. Only those that know I have authority advances. Right? <laughs> it is expected. Hear me. It is expected that the devil and demon spirits come under subjection to our orders. Amen. Notice in Mark 1, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. I want to show you some examples from Scripture. Am I helping you? Faith in your authority is so important because when you tell the enemy to take his hands off of something, you have to have the faith that he did it. 
faith that the enemy does what you tell him, when you tell him, is just as important as faith that God will do what you ask when you ask. Just as important. Amen. Because the same person that's not sure the enemy took their hands off his, their stuff is the same person that will say, well, I've prayed, but I just don't know if God heard me. Well, see, submit yourself to the Word. It says if you ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So submit yourself to that. I ask according to the Word, God heard me. I told the devil to take his hands off my stuff. Now, he let my stuff go. Well, it doesn't look like it. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it looks like it. Faith in my authority is just like faith in any other area. I walk in it by faith, not by sight. I am in authority by faith, not by sight. I don't care if it looked like it changed or not. I told you to take your hands off my stuff. Now, you did it, whether I see it or not. Mark 1, verse 21 and he, they went to Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. Why? For he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. In other words, the scribes didn't teach like they had authority. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, Let us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, Hold your peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit tore him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Notice, for with authority he commands the evil spirits, and they obey him. Jesus was our model for how we deal with the devil. The Roost Bible says they were amazed, saying, what is this fresh teaching backed by authority and the unclean spirits? He commands and they obey. He commands and they obey. The authority Jesus gave us in the book of Luke is not a different type or a lesser type of authority than he operated in. And notice how he operated his authority. The demon cried out and he said, huh, hush up and come out of him. Right? And what did the people do? My Lord, he commands them and they obey. So what happens in your life? You command him and he obeys. Submit yourself to that word. He commands and they obey. I command and they obey. Hallelujah. This is a restart for some of us. This is a restart. Amen. Matthew 8. Look at Matthew 8. There's so much here. Can't possibly preach it in a few weeks. Matthew 8 and 29. This is when Jesus went to the man that that we call Legion. And it says, they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus, thou son of God? Now, now stop right here for one moment. Because there's, there's, I, I don't know, the scripture doesn't tell us the number. 
but because of what the man called himself, the demon called themselves, legion, there's been, you know, theological teaching that there was about 2,000 demons or, or a multitude, and, and I believe that. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm saying we can't put an exact number on it because Scripture doesn't tell us, but there's a multitude. So Jesus isn't just dealing with one demon. He's dealing with multiplied demons. Would that be right? Are you come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them, a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If you cast us out, suffer us to go into the herd of swine. He said, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters by suicide. <laughs> That's not in the Bible, but... The, the Woosh Bible says the demons went to begging him. Begging him. Since you are ejecting us, Send us off into the herd of pigs. Notice, begging and resignation. I mean, you're going to cast us out. So we're begging you, let us go over here. The demons were resigned to the fact that Jesus was casting them out, and there's nothing they can do about it. We got to go. Over and over again. And, of course, Brother Hagin is, is one of our, our, was one of our mentors in the faith. I mean, you know, as many of us in here, he was. And he's in heaven today. But over and over again, when he would talk about casting out demons, he would say that he would see in the spirit realm, discerning the spirits, and he said it would look like a little monkey-like creature, little imp. And he said over and over again, he would say, now in the name of Jesus, you got to go. And that that little imp would start shaking and say, well, I, I know if you tell me to, I have to, but I sure don't want to. And he said on a number of occasions, he would say, no, no, you got to get. And that, that little imp would just fall over in the floor and just quiver there and sit there and quiver. And he said, now get out of here. And he'd take off and run. But most, a lot of believers that you know do not have the picture of a demon spirit as a little monkey-like imp that quivers and shakes in their presence when they use the name of Jesus. They have this idea of some boisterous, powerful, ferocious, violent entity. You can't prove that by Scripture. Yeah, but they're powerful and they're this and they're that. They lost their perfection and their beauty when they left the presence of God. What they were created to be, they are not any longer, and they are a diseased, polluted, sin-sick version of what they used to be. Any power that they possess, they have power because they get you to believe they have power. They have power because they trick your mind into thinking they can do what they can do. But when you stand fast in your authority, they have no ability to fool you. I had a guy one time, somebody picked him up on the street and brought him to church. We had a Friday night meeting. They were like Brother Leonard said, they were packing a pew. And anyway, they brought this guy, and, and I, I made an altar call. It was for salvation. It was on Friday night revival services. You remember this. And this guy came up, 
And uh, this is the only time I, I've seen this. But thank, thank God we were aware of our authority. And I'm going down the line, and, and I prayed with people, and, 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 I, and I'm going down, and I, I got to him. And when I stood in front of him, when I stood in front of him, you know how a person's pupils are? You know, they're round. When I stood in front of him, his face flashed, and his eyes changed, and his pupils went straight up and down. Looked like a snake or a dragon. And the usher standing around me, boy, it boogered him. Because out of his mouth, he, he looked at me and he said, I can't even imitate it. But in this ferocious sounding voice, he said, I'm going to kill you. And something rose up on the inside of me. And I said, you lying devil, you can't kill me. Who do you think you are? And I laid hands on him. I said, you come out of him in Jesus' name. People say, what happened? He flopped on the floor. Amen. Got up weeping and trembling. We led him to the Lord. Amen. I'm not saying that to brag on me. I'm telling you. When you are operating in your authority, there's no contest. There's no contest. There's no all night battle with the devil. Wrestling. You tell the devil you're going. And he goes. Mm. Amen. Yeah, but some devils are stronger than others, or some believers are weaker than others. I get tired of hearing that in the church. Oh, that demon. Oh, that's a strong demon. Do you know you, you empower the devil with your words? Notice that what Jesus said. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done here in a moment. Just bear with me. Notice what Jesus said. He said, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And there's not a parenthetical statement there that says, except for these kind, and they're a little tougher, and they're a little bigger, and they're a little harder. The enemy seeks to gain a foothold. And the more you allow him to be entrenched in a situation, the harder it can be to evict him. Don't, that's why scripture says what? Give him no place. Don't, don't do it. Don't give him a place. Don't give him a place through what you let over your television. Don't give him a place through what you talk about. Don't let fear in your house. If it's fear, don't let it in there. Don't watch anything fearful. Don't watch anything violent. Don't watch anything full of murder. That's ridiculous. Believers have no business watching a bunch of grisly, violent, bloody stuff. Now you're clothesline preaching. I know, and it'll keep you holy. You don't have no business watching that. You have no business watching cussing. You have no business watching anything that's of the devil. Anytime you hear someone say, God, damn, a thing or another, that's the devil speaking. That's the devil speaking. That's not, that has nothing to do with anything you need to be listening to. And you, every time somebody listens to it, every time somebody watches it, the old folks used to say this, when you're watching it on TV, there's a spirit attached to whatever they're doing. If you're watching people commit adultery on the movie, there's a spirit of adultery attached to that. 
and you, you let that in your home, and then I have parents come to me wondering why Jimmy's looking at pornography and wondering why Joey's having problems with this stuff. What do you watch on TV? What do you let in your home? Because the enemy will come in your home and attack the, most per, the person that is the least powerful in their walk with God. You got, a, you got a right and you have a responsibility to protect your children, to protect your grandchildren. Don't let it in your home. Because you'll undermine your authority. Amen. Pastor Michelle and I made a vow to God not too long ago. If we're watching the show and they cuss, we're turning it. We're turning it and we probably won't go back and watch it again. Well, don't be approved. Listen, I can live without TV. I can't live without my authority. I, I can live without the news, but I can't live without my ability to operate my authority. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. Let me hurry. Acts 19. Almost done. Oh, Jesus. I got about five minutes according to my clock. Hallelujah. Because understand this. There is a recognition in the spirit world of those that carry authority. There's a recognition. Amen. And right here in Acts 19, verse 13, this is a familiar passage, but notice this. Read it in, in this context. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon themselves to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus. Notice the phrase. They took upon themselves to call over them that had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus. We operate in the name, in the authority. They took the name like a, a talisman, like an incantation, like a chant, and added it to what they were doing. Right? But notice, aha, uh -huh. we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, the chief of these exorcists that did so. And the evil spirit and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Wow. The Woost Bible says, this Jesus, watch this, I recognize. I recognize him. And Paul, I'm acquainted with him. I like that. I wrote in my Bible, I want the devil to know me for the right reason. I want him to be acquainted with me. Right? Amen. Uh, but as for you, who are you? Now, why is that important? He recognized authority. In other words, I know Jesus has authority, and I know Paul has authority. I don't see that you have any. Amen. Do you know there's not one scriptural record of a demon jumping on a believer? Or a person possessed with a demon jumping on a believer? People have written books over the years. Books like Setting the Captives Free. 
this woman wrote this series of books about how demons could throw believers around and slam them up against walls. Well, dear God, there's not one scriptural evidence for that, but there are Bible schools that teach on those books in, in their demonology teaching, and, and it doesn't even line up with the Word. You don't even see one time in the Bible where a demon threatened Jesus or threatened Peter or threatened Paul. Why is that important? Because people respond to the devil like that. Oh, you're coming out. Oh, it might be a marathon, but you're coming out. There's no marathon to it. You're coming out. I'm helping you. First John 4, 17, you know what it says. It says, but as he is in this world, so are we. Not just as he was. Now, this is important. It's, it's key to your authority. As he is. As he is. As he is. Now, to see why this is important, we got to see how he is. Ephesians 1. I got two more verses and I'll be done. Just please bear with me. Oh, glory. I'm telling you, it's the end of any. This is a restart. It's the end. The things the enemy's been badgering with, I'm telling you, it's the end. It's the end. Ephesians 1, 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power, of his, of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand, in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but that is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. That's us, which is his body. That's us, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So where is Jesus? How is he right now? Presently seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all authority, all might, and all dominion. The Roos Bible says, above every government, every authority, every power, every lordship, and every name that's constantly being named. That's how he is. Now, where are we? Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together... With Christ, by grace or by whose grace you are saved, and raised us up together, made us sit together. Stop. Where is Jesus right now? Where? Right hand of the Father. Far above all might and power and authority and government. And it says he raised us up together and made us sit together. In heavenly places, in Christ. So where are you seated? Far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the ages to come. And the Bible says, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just leave you with this tidbit. And the Bible says that in the ages to come, that God is going to point 
to us as the church in heaven and reveal to the angels and all that are in heaven the hidden wisdom of God that he deposited in the church and they're going to finally understand how we could operate in our authority and dominion on this earth. The angels still don't get it. And when they see you exercising their, your authority and they see you exercising your authority in the name of Jesus, they go, what is man? That you deposited that authority in them. Amen. Oh, they'll know one day. They'll know one day. Because you are an example. Hallelujah. We are not just carriers of Jesus. Carriers of the presence of God. The temple of God. We are seated with Him. At the right hand of all authority and power and might and dominion. And that's why when you tell the enemy to get up and take his stuff and go somewhere else, it's just like, now listen, it's just like a command from the throne. Because that's the authority you've been given. I believe God. Amen. Well, stand up today. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you received something today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the authority that's been invested in us through the name of Jesus. We thank you for our position in Christ, the authority of the Word of God, the ability to use the Word. And, Father, we declare by virtue of what we've heard today that, Lord, we're not attempting to overcome. We are not trying to change things. We've overcome. And we're changing them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just pray, anyone under the sound of my voice, if there may be an area they say, I have let down on exercising my authority, Lord, may they restart today. May they restart today and operate in the power and the authority that you have given us through the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.